Hi there, everyone, and uh, welcome to the Rupa Subramanya Show. Now, very early in spring of 2020, an orthodox narrative around COVID-19 took hold. Basically, COVID-19 was going to be extremely lethal. We were all going to die from it if we didn't implement harsh measures like lockdowns and school closures um, and, uh, and mass mandates that eventually uh, were implemented along with vaccine mandates. No dissension was allowed, and scientists and medical professionals who challenged this official narrative were hounded and canceled. I've spoken to various scientists on this show uh, who were hounded and canceled for having a different perspective on the pandemic, a, a different scientific perspective um, on the pandemic. And today I speak to Simon Godek, a scientist who was fired from various positions at universities in Europe for publishing an academic paper on vitamin D that talked about how um, vitamin D could potentially treat COVID-19. He sent out some tweets uh, challenging this official narrative that the sky was falling, and as a result, his whole life was turned upside down by doing that. It's my great pleasure to speak to Simon today about what happened to him and where things stand now. Hey, Simon, uh, welcome welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. I want to just uh, ask you to explain to us um, you know, all of the things that happened to you over the course of the pandemic uh, that uh, resulted in you being suspended from Twitter uh, and uh, and eventually um, uh, getting fired from your position at your university. Oh, yeah, it wasn't just one position. It were like three positions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, well, um, I don't know where to start. I mean, um, maybe in the beginning. <laughs> Start from the beginning, yeah, yeah. Um, so was a, I was a scientist at Wagner University. It's, I think it's one of the top three universities in the world in biotech. And my background is biotech. I have a PhD in biotech. And I was, I was very successful as a young scientist. I'm still young. I'm still in mid-30s. And uh, right after my, my PhD, I was focusing on building bioreactors on on being the lab on publishing on, on doing whatever is possible in order to um get to a higher level as well you know just to become an associate professor and then a full professor it's like you know the tenure track you usually you usually yeah. use um so that's what i've been doing and i got good citations several hundred per year and everything was going as planned or as i imagined until until COVID hit, until they said like, oh, there is a deadly virus. I'm like, what? <laughs> like what? Especially as my, um, as I also publish in the human metabolism or metabolism in general, be it like animals uh, or humans, mammals. And I was uh, having quite some publications ready for vitamin D. And I was wondering, I think it was in March, April, May, 2020, why are they not talking about vitamin D? Everybody has like, um, sufficient levels doesn't get ill. So in general, usually doesn't get ill. We can't we can't generalize, but usually the likelihood is is like close to zero to get ill if you have adequate levels. But they mm -hmm. they just wouldn't talk about this. So I was I was writing publication, um, publishing it in a in a good journal, in a high rank journal, Q1 journal, and it got published. And then I got into trouble. So the first people were were sending emails to my former university, former employer, Wagner University in the Netherlands, 
uh and they were like confronting me like hey why did you publish this like i was like what <laughs> it's 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 a it's a publication showing the solution you know or a possible yeah. solution hold on a second so this is a peer-reviewed journal so you're not publishing paper. It. it's not paper. like paper yeah uh yeah in a paper in a peer peer-reviewed journal right it's a journal that peer reviews three external peer reviewers that agreed with the content of my paper. Yes, definitely. Okay, so so and so if I've understood this correctly, they're objecting to um, a paper being published in a peer-reviewed journal that's been peer-reviewed by your peers, <laughs> and uh, and it's a scientific paper. You're a scientist, and go on. Yeah, so the university got emails from people that are in this skeptic movement. I don't know if you're familiar with the skeptic movement. It's, let's say, I call them a sect. So everything which is not in line with what the government says, they're skeptic about. They're not skeptic okay. about stuff in general. It's a sect, it's an evil sect. And their <laughs> members were after me. Sending emails like, okay, look, there's one of your scientists who's, who is publishing um, dangerous pseudoscience, stuff like that. Um, must have been many emails. Um, there were um, telling that I would sell vitamin D online, that I had my vitamin D business, and that, that consequently had conflicts of interest. Back then, I didn't have any vitamin D business. I mean, they gave me the idea to open one when I got the <laughs> third time. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't have any, I didn't even think about selling vitamin D back then. It wouldn't even come to my mind, but they were just making it up. Right. And so on. So I got in trouble the first time at the university. Not really in trouble because I could explain, uh, but it was like a process. I had to explain a lot uh, why my stuff isn't pseudoscience. Uh, so I did this and things were fine again until I think I became active on Twitter end of December 2020. Before that, I wasn't really into social media. So I have my my Instagram just for my friends, which I don't use once a month. I look into there as did someone send me a message back from school. I don't have Facebook. Uh, LinkedIn is dead. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not a social media person. I mean, uh, I talk to my friends, of course, on, on Telegram, whatever. But I mean, like, I don't like social media or I didn't like social media. I started to like it now. Um, so in December, I started calling out scientists who were like publishing vitamin D papers that were biased. So also people said like, oh, vitamin D is gonna is gonna cure everything. There, there was a scientist that said like levels above 35 nanograms per milliliter. Oh my gosh, um, nobody is gonna get to hospital and stuff. It's all it was all made up data. So I was calling out them, even though they were on my side more or less, you know. But I was just looking into into papers and I was trying to defend scientific integrity until um a neighbor of mine in netherlands said like son do you want to look into what i found here and i was like what is it and he's like the original pcr protocol COVID protocol published by christian drosten seemed to have bypassed the peer review process i was like wow, that's unlikely he was like look into this so i was looking into this because i was back then i was an editor of a journal um and as an editor i I'm very aware of what the preview processes look like. A journal, it was an Elsevier journal, so top-notch journal. And I was just explaining in, in a Twitter thread, I think I had like 10, 20, 30 followers back then. So nothing, you know, like these these small accounts, this small um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah. NPC. I wasn't I was an NPC. 
Uh, not, not not very important people really uh with 20 30 followers but you have about half a million now which is yeah yeah i mean <laughs> but started like that started that i wrote yeah. a thread explaining yeah. how a period process works why yeah. why it why it takes several months in order to get your paper through period process so mine now i have one on on climate change is quite funny actually um, <laughs> but it's like it's a critical one but still um yeah um, trying to stay within the narrative in order to be critical, I can I can talk about it later, or maybe not, but at least it, it's it's been in peer review for one and a half years. You can you can imagine. Um, so, Drosten's paper was less than a day from wow. submission till being online. So it's impossible. It's literally impossible. It's like. It's like, you know, you running against Usain Bolt 100 meters and you beat him by running in five seconds and he still needs 10 points something. Everyone would be like, this is impossible. And you would be like, come on, don't be a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and, and, and just come up with stupid arguments, you know? And so I was publishing this thread, which was totally factual. And I was going to bed and the next day I woke up in hatred. So... I got many messages from virologists, virologists with, I thought they were at huge accounts that like 5,000, 10,000, but for me, these were, were huge accounts that were tagging me and the university and, and, and saying I would like, it would be a smear campaign against their colleague uh, and I'd be a pseudoscientist. And then I got in real trouble. So I had to talk to, to the Dean, um, about why I did this and I was like look just just look at my analysis is it correct it's like he was looking into this he was like it's correct what I said is, is is factual but why 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 would I do this <laughs> like why would you I'm like come on scientific fraud I mean I'm a scientist why should I accept this I know why can't you just be quiet we're like people were telling me why can't you just be quiet um and there was no colleague who was totally like Simon we support you I mean like the universe supported me publicly in a tweet so like Simon is has has his rights for freedom of, um, of expression but eventually um sort of weeks later i was uh, dismissed um not publicly dismissed they just didn't prolong my contract even though i got my own follow-up funding so they took the follow-up funding i got for them in my free time which were millions all right uh of the project were millions of of, of dollars and they just said like no we you're too critical we're gonna thank you for the money we are gonna get an uncritical scientist with the money you got us I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that is that was being cancelled big time. And I mean, the university is a very woke university. It's like their their things, their topics are climate change <laughs> and, and, mm. and climate change and climate change and sustainability. So Agenda 2030, more or less, yeah. that's where they get the money yeah. from. But it's still, I mean, criticism wasn't really wasn't really supported there, unfortunately. So t tell me something uh, on vitamin D. That was the paper that you published uh, in that journal. Uh, what made you? And I and I read somewhere that you know it, it, in early uh, spring of 2020, you know, you saw the news coming out of Bergamo, uh, and you know, you 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 know, you were also a little concerned about what was happening. And then what made you link? What made you come up with the idea that vitamin D has the potential to treat COVID nineteen? Oh, it's because I've been working on metabolism. So I, I make, you can just imagine the, the wall behind me with many, many factors, you know, and I, I make causal loop diagrams. So 
I have these these nerdy diagrams with interlinking um, factors and uh, and it's actually it's it's a cause and effect graphic, which contains hundreds of thousands of factors. Okay. Okay. So that's 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 what I've been that's what I've been doing. That's what I've been doing for years, for several years. So I'm so I always knew that if getting sick is vitamin D deficiency in most of the cases, in most of the cases. So I wrote the paper also, especially to tell people, hey, it's not just vitamin D, you need to take vitamin K2 and, um, in, order to, um, in order to make sure that the calcium is stored in, in your bones and teeth and not in your, in your bloodstream. So you don't get liver stones, you, um, you, you, you literally avoid calcification. And that's why I wrote this paper to make people aware of this fact and to make people aware, look, um, if you don't want to get sick, just make sure your vitamin D levels are sufficient. Because I refer to other publications that showed like that um, almost all death, all people who died with COVID, I don't say due to COVID because I think it's a, it's a comorbidity, the COVID is the comorbidity. And, um, they died with a vitamin D uh, deficiency, um, which means less than 10 nanograms per milliliter. And people who had higher levels usually didn't die. So I was just making people aware of this. And uh, I thought it was the right thing to do back in the time, especially when they came up with the mask mandate and uh, and be a biotechnician. I know that this mask <laughs> doesn't work. I mean, it doesn't even it doesn't even work against dust in the uh, in the um, in the lab. So how how should it? How should be able prevent to a, prevent a virus from exactly and yeah. we are we've yeah. always been told don't wear a mask too long you're like breeding your own fungi it's it's it's, it's dangerous <laughs> <laughs> and and suddenly they told everybody to and i was like okay this can't be the solution so i was just writing this paper i had too much time i think it was we call him pinkster i think it's it's some it's some christian holiday and it was it was a long weekend and I, w I was just using this weekend to write down this paper i was just motivated for whatever reason and uh, if I hadn't done this, I would still have a good position now. <laughs> but I mean, like, I'm glad I did anyway. Yeah, no, I'm glad that you did. I mean, I'm sorry that you paid a very heavy price for uh, for being a scientist for yeah, but uh, for no, following, no, the, for following you know, the scientific method. A heavy price. You know? No, 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 I'm free. No, I'm free. I, I, I yeah. wouldn't call it a heavy price. And in retrospect, yeah. it was it was the good thing to do back in the time. Yeah. It was it was just like it was a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I can, I, I believe that. And, um, you know, so here you are, this is your area of expertise, vitamin D is something you've been researching even before COVID happened. Yeah. Um, this is what, in a sense, you've been trained to do. You're a scientist. Um, and, um, and, and, and what, and, and then there are all of these objections to you publishing this paper, which is, again, again, I have to point this out, it's been evaluated by your peers, and they're like, this is a good paper, and I think it needs to be published. And I know something about academia, it's very hard to get, you know, papers published in some in, in good journals. Yes. But there, well, there it you depends. Are. If you're if if you're Peter Hotest, you can write whatever shit you want. Exactly. Ex exactly. But if you are if you are a scientist who's not corrupt, who isn't in the circles of all yeah. these of all these editors, it's it's difficult to get stuff yeah. published. Yeah. And I want to I want to come to that a little later uh, about what's happening in 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 acad academic science. Uh, did did your did your university uh, at all tell you? why they objected to your uh, paper on vitamin E? Why did they, I, I believe they branded you a pseudoscientist. 
um and no the 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 university didn't they didn't they didn't okay um they just they just told me they didn't even tell me in a written form they just told me on the phone i'm too critical and they prefer to have a a scientist who was less critical and that they got like a message from above so probably the ministry or i don't know to okay. not employ me any longer so this is all they told me but i i didn't fight with any of these professors there actually i was i was friends with them until i got sent okay sent right. i mean were you tenured at this time i don't know how it works in uh europe but uh were you a tenured professor at this point no i wasn't okay. i was i still wasn't in the tenure track i was planning to okay it was okay. the end of my first postdoc okay so i did i did the postdoc and i had the full up funding for 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 then a position that would have been tenure or a second postdoc so did you push uh I, i'm assuming that you uh you 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 may have pushed against the university or your 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 these other scientists saying that this is you know you're you're a pseudoscientist and that this paper is not uh is is you know is 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 just uh denying the existence of uh COVID-19 did you well how did you react to it like did you, did you pursue? I didn't I didn't yeah. I just remained yeah. quiet <laughs> so well, I, I was I was just explaining internally that what this paper is about and they read mm -hmm. this paper and they agreed with my paper and they said it's fine what I did is correct the problem was when I called out Marion Koopmans, who was a co-author of this um, of this PCR protocol. She's yeah. the Dutch state virologist uh. <laughs> from the from the Netherlands, and the university is a Dutch university. So I, I was literally proving that Marion Koopmans was corrupt. All right. So I mean, like, and that was proved indirectly. I was saying the Dutch government is corrupt because they were mm. taking crop scientists. She was even, she was thrown out of some committee because she got money from the Chinese Communist Party. So she obviously was very corrupt. And I still consider her corrupt. Uh, she belongs to court, all right? But the university, of course, back then was like, okay, you cannot, you cannot attack the Dutch state virologist. We are in a dangerous situation here, blah, 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 blah. So this was, this was the situation I was facing. And when they sent me, when they, I mean, they didn't fire me. I mean, they just didn't prolong the contract, even though I gave them new money. So it's something that has never happened before in academia. I've never heard of this, especially as I got the money, as I wrote this application in free time, in my free time. I wasn't even writing it for the university. I was writing it for myself. And I put the university as a partner on this paper, on this, on this application. So I eventually got a job at, I think this project contained of six partners that I sourced. So eventually got... Other universities want to take me as well. Everybody was like, no, 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 no. But one in Norway was willing to take me. So they took me one week after I got sent off Twitter for posting my vitamin D study again <laughs> and for asking the Bill Gates Foundation why they invested in BioNTech in September 2019. And I referred to their website. And this was COVID disinformation. I got, I got kicked off Twitter in June mm. 2021. And end of June 2021, I started working for the Norwegian Research Institute, which went fine until early 2023, which is this year. Uh, and what happened with the Norwegian uh, Research Institute? Well, I got my Twitter account back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can imagine. Uh, I, I, okay. I, had, I had one and a half years time to just yeah. collect statements. I was just collecting okay. news statements, journalist statements, scientist statements mm. on Twitter. I was just like lurking on a small account and I was just making screenshots. 
I was okay. I actually was planning to write a book about this at some mm. point. Um with all the contradictions of I mean, super interesting what they said before and after. Some some people don't even change their minds. And then I got my Twitter account back and I had the chance to ask these people why they have been saying this in 2021, which is what I did. Of course, you must have here, your Twitter account's back. I was like, yay, I will confront yeah. these people. And I wasn't even, you know, I wasn't I wasn't saying like, hey, asshole, <laughs> look what you said. <laughs> and I was just like, how do you how do you do you still do you still see it like that? Or would you consider yourself corrupt? taking the fact that you get money from this and this organization, you say this and that. So just like very simple questions every every critical journalist would ask. Um, but I think two weeks after I asked these people these questions, I got fired in Norway for, okay. for here we go. The reason, official reason is um, Simon Godek exceeded his freedom of expression on Twitter. Amazing. Amazing. And there's no, there's no country that's not a dictatorship where you can come, I mean, like, where you can come up with this reason. It's not a reason. What, what is exceeding freedom of expression? What, well, what does that they, even mean? <laughs> yeah, they came up with an example. They said, like, I, I kind of said that someone could be corrupt. So I was suggesting corruption. But I was asking this person whether the person was corrupt. David Fishman from Canada, who said, ah. like, yeah, you know, he's one of the worst ever. He belongs to court. But he was saying like, oh, the vaccine's like 100% effective. Everybody does says otherwise. So, you know, just like extremely lies. He said like, um, we need a, because the vaccine is so effective and so safe, we need, uh, what do you say? We need we need to vaccine, vac vaccinate by force or we need to make it obligatory. Whatever he said, these were statements that are, that were never based by there. There's never a consensus about this. I mean, uh, there wasn't even proof for that. And I was just asking him, like, hey, on a level from one till ten, how corrupt are you? Stuff like that. And yeah, and they said, and I don't know they got they got many many emails. So my, my former my former boss was 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 even telling me just orally that he received many 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 complaints every day about me. And the company in general, um, I mean, Research Institute is a private research institute, also funded by the government. So it's, I think it's a 50-50 thing. And they received complaints. Um, but until I got fired, I was like holding myself back a lot to just be factual, etc. But it didn't help. It didn't help. So they fired me. And then my lawyer said, like, oh, this was this was unlawful. They fired me again, was unlawful again. And they fired me the third time. <laughs> and now I dragged them to court. So um that's the situation, and they're extremely vogue. Everybody double vax boosted. Everybody gets tested literally every day. It's it's a it's yeah. very very vogue. They they even don't they even don't uh, allow Russians to work for them because what Russia they said like Russia is attacking Ukraine. We we're not we're not we're not like letting Russians work for us anymore. So they it's like you know the Russians the unvaccinated. It's like yeah totally extremely vogue. At least I lost my job for um for being on twitter again so for um, exceeding my freedom of expression i, I think it's funny yeah. i think it's funny i mean like there's no way they can win the uh, the, the lawsuit um i mean, I, yeah. I cannot imagine I, they could no well I'm, I'm glad that you know you're able to laugh at this uh speaking about your lawsuit i saw a few days ago elon musk is offering um financial support to those who've been uh, fired for expressing a view on Twitter by their employer. Uh, is this something that you're going to uh, take up? Uh, are you going to take up, uh, uh, take Elon on his offer? 
Well, um, so I woke up and I got I got a mail from my lawyer. Simon, look at this tweet from Elon. I was like, <laughs> cool. So I was writing a post and just I'm just explaining what happened to me. Uh, it went viral. I think it had several million views and I think like 40,000 40, likes. And and I was asking Elon Musk, hey, whom do I have to contact? Because my case is like, it's like the case because I got fired after he took over. You know, I got fired this year for literally doing nothing wrong for just <laughs> exceeding my right to freedom of expression. So I was asking him and I was asking others, like, whom do I contact? Because they're like, they will take up every single person who got fired and they will even take the go after the, the, the board of the companies. But I didn't get any reply. I, I have no clue. Maybe I have to write an email. I have my lawyer to write an email to Twitter because I think this would be a very interesting thing because in Norway, um, just to sue a company, it's like 20 to 30,000 US dollars. I don't have that. So I was now selling my car in order to pay my lawyer. And up to now, I'm having, having some campaign, some funding, um, you know, this GoFundMe, just like yeah. a better website because GoFundMe yeah. is Vogue as well. So I have also okay. this uh, campaign running. I think I already raised $4,000, which, which, which will cover at least a couple of percent, I think 20% or a bit less. So yeah, so car plus this, I could maybe cover now 50, 60%, but um, what Twitter is offering, of course, is tempting because I mean, we are using, or I'm using the platform. I'm getting them so much traffic. I'm getting them so much money via the ads, which I'm, which I'm generating. And like, I'm losing my, my job for, for using this platform, which is, yeah, which is unfortunate, but of course it's not their fault. I could just like refrain from using it. Um, yeah. But then I would silence myself and it's also, it's also no solution. Yeah. Uh, back to the science and uh, dissent in, in, in uh, within science. Um, how do you differentiate between genuine scientific disagreements and instances where scientists are deliberately manipulating uh, outcomes to match their beliefs? Uh, you referred to this uh, PCR test earlier, um, and you know, I that pro I, I'm thinking about that. Like, how do you how do you dif differentiate between the two? Well, I don't trust academia anymore at all okay. because the system is rigged up to wherever. So. For example, let's look at Peter Hotes. I mean, he is my favorite example. He was writing several publications for The Lancet, for Nature, for the best, for the highest ranked journals in the world. But he was saying like, we need to treat unvaccinated people or we need to treat those who oppose the vaccine like terrorists. We need a counter terrorist group to attack them like military style. They are evil Russian spies, stuff like that. He even brings in Russia every time he writes. It's so unscientific and he gets he gets published. The question is why? There needs to be some high degree of corruption uh, in the background. I There's no other solution than, than that. I don't have any explanation. So if I sent a top-notch paper to nature or to the Lancet, they wouldn't accept it because who is this dude? Peter Hotez gets everything. He's, he's friends, he's friends with all the editors. So the problem is that, that these, I call them pseudoscientists because they have other interests that probably get money from, uh, from, from other organizations that you can see that, that uh, his hospital for, gets money from the Bill Gates Foundation. You don't know how they communicate in the background. Maybe they say, okay, if you publish this and that, we give, we give your institution some money. I have no clue how it works in the background, but I can tell you it's not science. It's not science if, 
if if the media only invite Dr. Liana Wen, Dr. Eric Ding, and and Peter Hotes, and maybe Topol to to spread their pseudoscientific nonsense, which is dangerous to people, and they silence those who actually just try to help people. And then you know there are people like Hotes who make who make so much money, and also the other players for sure make lots of money. Uh, and they say, okay, their media says they're legitimate, but like people who lose everything, like me and others, they say like, oh, they're grifters. Oh, they they don't support science. The science settled. You know, I mean, like, uh, you, you just have to. I mean, there's no logic behind it. If you lose everything, there's reason you lose everything. Either you're just like stupid, or they just want to silence you. And everybody has to make their own mind. Everybody has to think rationally. I mean, common sense has been lost. And just like use your common sense and think about what's happening. And then you can make yeah. up your own mind. Are there, I mean, I know you're, um, you know, disappointed the way, uh, uh, you know, things have uh, evolved in, in within the scientific community, but are there any specific fields or disciplines within science where you believe this kind of bias and manipulation or corruption, as you call it, um, of study outcomes are more prevalent? And why do you think that is? <laughs> Social science, <laughs> <laughs> gender science. <laughs> yeah, gender I mean, science. Yeah. What, what, yeah. what should I say? It's it's it's. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, there. Uh, uh, no, I don't want to use a dominum here. So, but uh, I have a very strong opinion about gender science and most fields of social science. It's <sighs> sorry. Yeah. Uh, no, the methodol. <laughs> it, it starts with the methodology they're using. It's it's. It's most likely junk to the high, highest degree, uh, but they get funded. So you have to look who's trying to support it. It's Agenda 2030. The, also, um, the European Union has a program, I, thought, I think it was called Horizon 2020. I think it's, now it's called Horizon something, Horizon Europe. And they're supporting lots of these fields. Um, gender equality, so gender equality. In, in the field of gender equality, they put all this stuff like trans transitions and, and and you can apply for it and you get the money. And then of course, these people apply for this aren't aren't based people. They're, they're woke people who publish woke stuff in woke journals and then it becomes reality. So, so uh, yeah, the money is put there. The money isn't put to the right place, unfortunately. So do you, do you think if you remove, I mean, you need funding to pursue research. So how do you uh, propose um, getting around this i mean unfortunately we can't get a, get can't. away from the funding right and yeah. the funders the funders already determine what they want to hear so exactly. if you apply for horizon europe it already states what they want to hear and what they want you to talk about so they already determine um the path you need to take within within your within your study proposal so they the the scientists they just want to confirm what the people who fund you want to hear and the, like it's, it's a confirmation bias more or less and yeah. then this becomes reality and then this attracts more people and and it just it's impossible for example client let's say climate okay it's impossible for being critical and publishing in uh, climate critical publications because none of all these journals would accept it because as soon as the journal accepts this they would get cancelled so we're talking about a scientific community which is homogeneous uh, and doesn't allow other opinions and that's not science 
Yeah. Um, you know, you, you spoke uh, earlier about, uh, you know, you, how you have these experts, you know, going on TV, they're like the experts on, on, on COVID-19 or gender science or uh, whatnot. To what extent do you think media coverage um, and, uh, you know, influence the behavior of scientists in terms of pursuing scientific outcomes in their studies? Um, I don't know, but I can tell you that you also have the same bias for journalists. Journalists know if they don't mm. report what what is on the agenda, they will most likely lose their job or they cannot like get a better position within within wherever they're working so yeah. journalists do what they're taught to be done and of course if you if you're a journalist and you want to start working for some for some state media in europe you need to be left wing and woke otherwise they will not take you um and i mean like there's at least for germany there was a there was a survey um among volunteers who worked for the state media and which party they would vote vote for and it was more than 90 percent the the eco the left-wing woke eco party so you know when you're in a team of like 20 people when you're the only one who's like conservative or let's say base or critical you you can't make you can't get your position um out to the general public so mm -hmm. that's where it's starting. Of course, the, the journalists then invite those who also share the vote positions and who say what they want to hear and what they support. Of course, they take the Peter Hotesses or they take Liana Wens. Um, most of the journalists don't know that they are most likely installed or most likely put into this position, you know? And there's, there, I think there are only a few people who more or less select who's going to be on the news or... I don't know how it works, to be honest. Well, but I mean, it's the... just that I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking like you're a scientist, you're an expert, uh, you're, you've been invited to a talk show um, and you keep getting invited and then you become a celebrity, you know, yeah, from, yeah, from that's your, how it works. From, yeah. yeah, from, from sitting in your lab all day, you're now like on TV and you're, you know, you, um, uh, and you have, you know, you become a celeb overnight. And then I wonder to what extent, you know, a scientist in that position is able to separate the publicity and the celebrity status that they have now recently acquired from actually doing real science and being objective in what they're doing. That's a problem. And yeah, that is a problem. And um, Simon, yeah, I know you have to run, but I want to ask. No, you it's, about... it's 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 fine. We can we can talk a bit, um, a couple of minutes longer. I just have to run errands before having been on the next interview. But um, you know, yeah, what what I. What I love to do about the, so my role right now exactly what you said is correct. Yeah. But I love to look at prior 2020 and post 2020. So I take the mm -hmm. same scientists and I check what did they say about these topics prior 2020 and post 2020. And mm -hmm. it's most likely all these famous um, science celebrities prior 2020 said exactly the opposite of what they're stating now regarding vaccines for respiratory viruses, regarding masks, regarding uh, how to cope with the pandemic, regarding everything you probably see, they stated the exact opposite. Mm. And that's what I like to expose. And this actually shows 
that something is wrong because I haven't seen any fact-checking agency who has done what I'm doing to check what do your heroes, what did your heroes say prior 2020? And, you know, they take every meme I post. I post memes sometimes. I love posting memes on Twitter because memes, like, take humor in order to, to show that something is going wrong. So they take my memes and they fact-check memes. Like, what the heck? Who fact-checks memes? They do this. <laughs> yeah, who is doing this? And, and news agencies are doing this. CNN was, was fact-checking my memes. But they don't fact-check their own experts. They don't fact-check their own fact-checkers. And that's a big problem, isn't it? Yeah. No, absolutely. And... Uh... Um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's quite extraordinary. I don't even think that the fact checkers in most cases are even do even have any kind of a science background, to be honest no. with you. No. Um, <laughs> no. It's, 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 it's unreal. Like it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a real bizarre world where the people fact checking scientists themselves have no basis in science. Yeah. And, and, uh, and I wonder what, you know, I've spoken to a bunch of scientists and they're just like, you know, you know, here's this intern in a fact-checking organization i have a phd and i worked for like 20 years on the subject and they're telling me you know how to you know how to do my job essentially so it's really quite something i want to ask you about what you're doing right now i know you moved to brazil um uh, recently and uh, and you have a startup can you tell us a bit about your startup oh yeah shortly um i can do that so i moved to brazil after i lost my first job and uh because <laughs> No money in Europe is a problem, right? So I moved here, um, easy life. My partner's Brazilian, and it's it's a, it's a beautiful country to live in, at least for a while, I think. And um, so, yeah, after I got the, fired the second time, so I already had like an idea they will fire me. So I was like working on a plan B. I was like, hey, everybody has always been accusing me of selling vitamin D. And I was like, Fuck them, I'm gonna do that. So it was just <laughs> like having. <laughs> 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 I was just starting a small um, startup, um, Sunfluencer. Um, like influencer, it's like Sunfluencer. And okay. I'm, I'm selling vitamin D and the next product will be omega-3s. I just want a turnkey solution. You know that you don't have to take like 15 pills per day. You just take uh, two vitamin Ds and two omega-3s. And then actually that's, that gives you actually all you need, the average person. So I just want to make life easier for people. I want to give them, um, I want to tackle their deficiencies, main deficiencies of magnesium, vitamin D, and if you take it with K2, and uh, to some degree zinc, but just like 20%, and omega-3s is a very, very high deficiency. Just want to give people a, a solution for having better health, for being more independent from the government. It's just like my small startup I'm trying to grow. Um, so yeah, it, it, was a re it was a reaction on what happened because I was like, hey, I've been, I've been, I've been silenced three times. The third, the third thing I cannot talk about um, because there, there's some, you know, legal things going on, but um, three times being silenced. And I was like, Hey, if I go into academia again, I will be silenced again. So I needed to be independent in order to say what I'm saying now publicly on Twitter or in shows like yours. Um, otherwise I would have had to have to silence myself again. This is not a solution this in these times. Yeah, sounds ex extremely stifling. But Simon, I wanted want to thank you for coming on the show and sharing your insights. I've been uh, wanting to have you on the show for a for a while, uh, but obviously I couldn't track you down because you were not on Twitter or you were suspended from Twitter. But it's good to have you back on Twitter and sharing your uh, views and your insights and uh, calling out uh, the BS um, whenever wherever you see it. Um, and I uh, really appreciate you being on the show, Simon, and good luck with your lawsuit. And uh, yeah, and I hope that uh, you'll be back on the show uh, soon to, Hopefully. 
talk about uh, all of the progress that you made. Okay, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks, Simon. Take care. Top. <laughs>